Hello and welcome to the Cat Master Chronicles. We have exciting, interesting and powerful stories from cat owners about well-being. I'm your host, Michelle Adams, the founder of Chatty Cats Care, a professional cat sitting company. Join me as I dive deep into conversation with cat owners about their individual journeys. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode. This episode is brought to you by Chatty Cats Care, London's professional cat sitting company. Hello and welcome to the Cat Mass Day Chronicles episode 27. This week we are joined by Amy Slevin. She's a yoga movement and mindset coach with a passion for parkour. I relate to and enjoy listening to Amy's videos and reading her blog posts because they include contents of a growth mindset speaker. And if you listen to this podcast, you will know that I am very interested in growth mindset and how we can progress as people in society. In our current state as a country and society where the media is focused on negative stories and content, it's important that we engage with positivity. I'm so excited about this conversation and I know it's going to be as wholesome and rich as I imagined. Amy is also a cool cat mum to two sweet adorable cats, a sweet tabby cat called Tilly and a fluffy furball called Mr. Man who both feature in their mum's videos but I'm sure we will hear all about them later on in the show. So without further ado, Thank you so much for joining us today, Amy. I've really been looking forward to this conversation because I could tell pretty early on that I would like you as a person and a professional. I've briefly introduced you already, but if you could please tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself, that would be amazing. All right. Hello. Hello, Michelle. (laughs) Hello, all to the listeners. Uh, So I'm Amy, as you know, and I have two cats, Mr. Man and Tilly. Um, I I'm sort of a yoga teacher, but I mostly enjoy teaching people to move. So I'm trained as an osteopath Mm -hmm. and enjoyed that for about two and a half minutes and then (laughs) wanted to do something that involved movement and helping people get better through movement as well as just applying the osteopathic principles. Um, And then I also came to realize that a lot of people need help with their pain and movement would take them so far but they need also help dealing with the stresses that might be contributing to their pain and so that is why I now do the work that I do involving the mind so that in a nutshell is me in a very brief nutshell (laughs) perfect Um, and yeah movement is so important and I think now more than ever a lot of people are kind of realizing that now that people are working from home and kind of stuck kind of at a desk all day on zoom calls absolutely and I felt the same in lockdown one for example I was sitting down a lot and I was like oh my god and and sitting down I really noticed how sitting down just makes you want to sit down more like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like it's tiring it's weirdly tiring mm. and you just want to do more of it when you're doing it <laughs> It's true. Uh, and so I kind of, I made a couple of videos about, you know, how to deal with so much sitting down and just sort of, just to move a little bit at your desk um, and how to kind of stave off the sloth of sitting. 
from all the sitting. Um, what was the original question? <laughs> no, we were just, um, I was just saying that it's so important. So it wasn't really a question, right. just a statement. <laughs> yes. Okay. I totally yeah. agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> we all need to move more. Absolutely. I enjoy moving and finding movement that we enjoy. That is like yes. the main thing. Yes, yes. Rather yes. than just sort of like, oh, I have to do this and it's make it be a punishment. Like if it can be enjoyable, that is great. It can't Absolutely. always be that way. Sometimes we do have to kind of tolerate, you know, some boring stuff that isn't particularly pleasant. But I think it's totally possible for people to find ways of moving that they do enjoy. Yeah, for me personally, um, like my so my boyfriend's a personal trainer and mm. I do enjoy working out with him but sometimes it gets I don't know I guess it's a little bit boring for me sometimes not that his workouts are boring but I love <laughs> dance <laughs> mm-hmm. and I find that I kind of like I'm more motivated to move when it involves dance and music yeah absolutely so, and I can totally yeah. understand that and yeah and I think it's cool to like honor that and just be like you know what I hate like doing deadlifts and squats if that is the case but I love dancing and just let that be what you want to do and that you know the thing that you do I think that's totally cool and I've also loved dancing and Zumba and I'm pretty terrible at Zumba but (laughs) I don't care like I just do it because it's fun and it's enjoyable and I'm moving and the great thing about it is that because it's fun, you don't necessarily realize how hard you're working. Yeah, so true. So true. And then by the end of it, you're sweating bucket loads and you're like, oh my God. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels That's good. True. Sorry to go off on a bit of a tangent there, but I just, all I right. thought, wow, I had to kind of like, uh, you know, put in my two, p- two pence as, as right. I think that's a very useful thing that you said, actually, because I think a lot of people do perceive that they're supposed to do something mm. um, and that exercise is supposed to be unpleasant. Yeah. And I just don't really agree with that. Yeah, sometimes there are things that are going to be unpleasant, but there is still so much opportunity to move, so many different types of ways of moving and sports and activities that I believe that there can be something for everybody. And in that thing that anybody enjoys, whether it's swimming or badminton or, I don't know, basketball or running, whatever, there are going to be moments where you're loving it and moments where you're not loving it that much. And that's just normal. And I don't think that it needs to be a punishment or, or just like total boredom or a chore. I think it can totally be enjoyable. So I think you really, you made a good point there. Thank you. Um, so you mentioned at the beginning that you were in, well, you were an osteopath for all of two minutes. Can you tell us a bit <laughs> more about that and why you transitioned into what you're currently doing? Yeah. Okay. So um, I didn't love it while I was training and I just had a feeling, you know, the last two years of, of um, osteopathy school, which is clinical stuff, I was just like, when am I going to start enjoying this? Mm. <laughs> And I had my dad saying to me, don't worry, darling, it's going to get better when you start doing clinical stuff. When you go into clinic, it's going to be enjoyable because that's when you start putting it all together. And I was just in clinic thinking, when (laughs) is it going to get better? And it kind of never really did. Mm. Um, And 
thing that I struggled with was seeing the same people again and again and again and for them to feel better for a few days but then they would come back and I just found that pretty disheartening and that's not to say that osteopathy is ineffective I think it's fantastic for um, acute injuries and for certain conditions that can be fixed pretty simply Um, and I think for long-term pain however it you know you need to do something extra and mm. that is why after I finished training, I thought, OK, well, the thing that I perceived was missing in a lot of the people who I was um, seeing like week after week after week. I, re- I was like, I think these people need to move more or they need to move differently. And once they move differently and are applying different forces and loads to their bodies then their bodies are going to respond to that. And so I was like, OK, well, how can I do that? I mean, technically, I probably should have been a physio. <laughs> because yeah. that's what physios do every day <laughs> but it was too late you know I was like I've, I've done my four years I'm not going to go and do another three yeah so I was like okay well yoga so I had been doing yoga and I love moving I love the yoga movement and I was like yeah yoga can help people and so I started applying or kind of not really mixing but sort of mixing osteopathy and yoga mm-hmm. and helping people who had back problems knee problems shoulders whatever through a combination of osteopathy and yoga but mostly yoga um, and just applying the osteopathic principles and some people made amazing recoveries and I was blown away and I was like oh it must be the yoga (laughs) yeah um yeah and that is how I moved away from osteopathy um more towards yoga yeah and it's amazing when you see it actually working yeah oh my god it's so satisfying and it's so (laughs) rewarding seeing how someone's life changes and they go from having pain every day and kind of living a sort of limited life so one of my very first yoga clients was this remarkable lady who had I think three or four severely degenerated discs in her lumbar spine she was probably about 38 39-ish at the time she had I think maybe an eight-year-old boy and she was in pain severe pain every day and I worked with her for about three months and by the end of the three months she was in no pain that's amazing yeah and now I see her occasionally and she's sort of climbing mountains she's (sighs) wow like I don't know she's doing all like skiing she's having her she's living her best life and she has no pain and I'm wow. like, wow, that's remarkable. It, clearly, the yoga is the most effective thing ever. Yeah. Um, and then I actually realized, yes, but not necessarily. Okay. Because there were also people that I was seeing at the same time as her, and I probably shouldn't say this, but who didn't get better. Okay. And they had less severe structural problems than she did, and they didn't get better. And I threw the book at them. Hmm. and I gave them everything I had to try and help them and they didn't get better and I realized okay well why are they not getting better so it was more that there was so much kind of stress and and kind of in one case like repressed emotions that Hmm. she was holding in her back that she wasn't prepared to look at and so it just manifested as back pain and at the time I wasn't equipped to help her with that 
but now I am. <laughs> so, um, I now help people with the mindset side as well. So now I feel like, okay, finally, yeah, like I've the thing that I wanted to do originally, which was to help people who had injuries or who had pain. Um, you know, I felt I was stuck by my own percep- perceptions of my own limitations in the beginning. And now I feel like, okay, I can finally help them. I can, you know, I can help them through movement and I can help them through changes in their mindset. And yeah, I've arrived, basically. Yeah, it's brilliant that you were able to identify that as well, I think. Yeah. So, yeah, because it was yeah. frustrations. Right, go on. Yeah, so... um moving on well not moving on but um Mm. moving on to something else which Mm. is another passion of yours so you started to love and learn about parkour can you Mm. tell us a bit more about how this started well yeah (laughs) love parkour now that started in I think 2006 I saw a very brief thing on television I think it was on BBC Mm. and it was a little ident between shows and it was just a group of people doing some sort of parkour move and then sort of running away (laughs) (laughs) I didn't know what it was but I was like what was that that looks so fun yeah and and I was like I need to find out what this was and I didn't know how to find out because that was before parkour was mainstream before anybody really knew what parkour was but I was like I, I was determined to find out what it was then I read an article about parkour in the newspaper and I was like oh that's what those people were doing and in this article it said okay well if you want to go to classes there are classes at this location on these days and I was like done and so I just went along and then nearly died in my first lesson (laughs) it was so hard I can't tell you I was like not prepared for the onslaught I was like yeah I'm fit I'm healthy I move holy shit I was just like I couldn't walk for a whole week afterwards. Every movement I made was so painful because I hadn't pushed my body like that ever. Yeah. But it was amazing. I loved the pain. Yeah. It's a good pain. Yeah. Um, And it was just like, you know, I opened up a whole world of movement that I never knew existed yeah and it was so fun I was like I feel like a child and I think a lot of people who come to parkour they're like oh my god yeah I feel like a kid again um I was bouncing around and just having the best time and then I was just hooked what can I say I was just like I must do this more often (laughs) I you know I think I started doing it twice a week and then I was like I really want to be good at this so I started doing it like four or five times a week wow Uh, yeah so is it something that you have to be really fit to do because you said that you were in a lot of pain or can you just like be like a humble beginner um just go absolutely be a humble beginner okay but you have to pick the right class okay um the class that I went to was a mixed movement class. And to be fair, I could have chosen not to push myself as hard as I did. Mm. But I chose to push myself as hard as I did. And that's yeah. why I was, my muscles are just like talking to me all week. Um, <laughs> if I had said to myself, you know what, you don't have to do all of these. Yeah. Like you don't have to do 500, whatever it was. Wow. <laughs> you can do two of them and be fine. <laughs> so but I chose to kind of do as many as I could yeah and that is just my choice you know a lot of people do that 
but in my enthusiasm and also being a newbie I was keen to show the teachers and everyone else there that I was like you know I could meet their expectations yeah but I had created those expectations they didn't know me from a bar of soap they don't know what I can do and can't do but I was like no no I have something to prove here yeah which was just all in my own head exactly so yeah I chose to push myself but for a beginner there are absolutely beginners classes and for example if for people who are in West London um the Foucault Free Running Academy has really amazing classes for adults and children mostly children but adults as well and the equipment is really soft and so the fear of like hurting yourself is kind of mitigated a little bit because of the soft equipment and I think that's a really cool place to start for a beginner um so I started indoors and after about three months I think I moved outdoors but like you don't have to go outdoors if you don't want to but you can go outdoors but just the movements that you do, they're all adaptable for different levels of, of ability. So it's not all about like jumping from roof to roof. I never do that. Uh, it's not about doing massive backflips and, you know, crazy stuff. It's yeah. what can fit your body. And a good coach will be able to, you know, help you with that. Oh, that sounds amazing. I I didn't really think that it started. I don't know why I didn't think that it could be inside as well I just automatically think you know when you walk along the south bank sometimes you see people Mm -hmm. doing these crazy things and you're like wow and I look at them thinking I could never but um like now you've explained it intimidating but it doesn't mean that it's not for you so absolutely in the same way that like when you go and watch um you know the royal ballet you're like Mm. oh my god I could never do that but then there are beginners ballet classes yeah yeah. and you're like actually okay so yeah yeah we can do this um yeah. and even within that there are going to be things that you find difficult and things that you find easy yeah I believe so in pushing I'm 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 a person that likes to push myself as well I, I like uh-huh. to, I'm a bit like you in a sense but probably not <laughs> not bit, to the point <laughs> yeah where I'm gonna like you know feel too bad but um yeah I do like to kind of you know make a point that I can do something or if I can't then I'll definitely try exactly and it's so satisfying especially like when you can't do something for a while yeah and you work hard at it and then you get it and you're like Uh, oh yeah finally and it's so rewarding much more rewarding I personally feel than if you can do something straight away absolutely yeah yeah like the struggle just makes it delicious Mm -hmm. (laughs) no it's true yeah so did you start yoga first or was it parkour first and no I well I did like two or three yoga classes okay in like 1999 okay <laughs> or 2000 something like that I found it so boring I wanted to cry oh. and then that was my like initial yoga experience mm-hmm. and I never did it again until uh, 2011 I think okay um so and but I started parkour in 2006 or seven okay Okay. yeah I definitely I well let's just say I definitely started parkour before I started yoga right yeah and so that was like my first love and I kind of compared yoga to parkour for a long time and I was like this is boring (laughs) (laughs) I just found it so boring yeah um yeah but then there's different types isn't there there's different types of yoga so what yoga is it that you kind of like engage with 
Okay, now I, because I like the Punch My Body, yeah. <laughs> I like difficult stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, not all the time, but I like it to be interesting. Yeah. So I like it to have a variety of lots of different moves and um, I think lots of different movements. Um, so anything, any kind of type of yoga that kind of mixes other types of movement in, nice. love it. Um, I do quite like mandala yoga. Okay, what's because that? Because you kind of move around. You're not just facing the same direction the whole time. You're kind of moving around your mat. You're turning to face the front, the side, the back. And you're kind of moving in a circle kind of thing. Okay. Um, I love dharma yoga. Um, and those are kind of my two favorites, I would say. And, of course, my one, which is flow motion yoga, which yeah. is a mixture of uh, yoga Things I've learned from parkour, um, kind of martial arts, but the martial arts that I put into flow motion are just, it's stuff that I learned doing parkour. And parkour borrowed them from martial arts. Mm. Um, And elements of dance and, yeah, and just a bit of creativity and a bit of, like, weird transitions and stuff to keep me mentally on my toes like I mm. love that I love a surprise I love it when they're when they teach like okay guys so now you're gonna go from here to here I'm like ooh, how am I how am I gonna get there and then you figure it out and I find that really fun yeah yeah something different so is flow motion the yoga where you're kind of like constantly moving is that right um kind yeah pretty much I would say that so it's a kind of like um a type of vinyasa let's say so Mm. vinyasa is a flowing class where you are kind of moving fairly constantly there are moments where we do hold like it's impossible just to kind of keep going yeah the whole time um but yeah I would say we are generally kind of moving most of the time yeah so you also offer yoga teacher mentoring, which is a free month program. So mm-hmm. what does that include and, and who is it for? Okay, so that is for teachers who might be new at teaching. Mm. Um, maybe they've been teaching for a while, but they lack a bit of confidence. They want to have a bit of practice teaching. So I will the way that it works is that we do, we organize kind of classes where everyone gets a chance to teach. So I'm not teaching them, they are teaching. So ah. they get to practice teaching because that is, I think, the main thing that a lot of teachers perceive that they lack is just experience teaching. Mm. Um, and that's kind of one of the most effective ways of getting better. And then they get feedback. So the group and I give them feedback on what they did really well, what they can improve on. Um, and I would love to have people who are a little bit renegade, who do go against the grain a little bit, Mm. and then who would then become flow motion teachers. So it's to help make them the best teacher they can be. If they want to learn sequences from me, that is so cool. I'm happy to teach them my sequences as well. Um, And then ultimately with a view for them to become flow motion teachers so it's to help them become the best teacher they can be so it's you know for anyone who is like oh you know I love yoga but I also love other types of movement but I don't know how to bring those other types of movement into my classes um, and they want to kind of find out how to do that and give themselves permission to do that which is a big thing Um, there is an, an element of mindset of 
um, helping them overcome any mental blocks that are in their way, if they have any. Um, not everybody does. Um, a lot of it is confidence building, and a lot of the confidence building, as I said before, is is coming from the practicing and feeling sure about what they're doing Mm. what they're demonstrating how much they're demonstrating um, and the combination of demonstrating and describing the instructions so it just to kind of make sure that they're super clear on what they're doing what they're saying and that they feel confident in what they're doing is I think a big thing and that they have an idea of how to build their classes as well Absolutely. I think that's a great program because so I studied to be a theatre facilitator. And I think Mm. so, you know, with people's different kind of like industries, you can be an expert in your field, for example, but then you might not know how to teach. And that Mm -hmm. changes everything. You might Mm -hmm. have all the information, but have no idea how to put it across or how to interact with people or what language. Yeah was me in the beginning so I had if I'm allowed to say this I had a pretty strong yoga practice yeah and when I started teaching I was very very aware that my level of teaching was nowhere as good (laughs) as my level of practice yeah there was a huge disparity I needed to practice a lot and make sure that I knew what I wanted the students to understand what I wanted Um, them to gain from the class Mm. and from my teaching rather than just me showing like an amazing technique but then but then not being able to tell them how they can have that too and so that has been something I have had to work really hard on and and I think I'm sort of like there are some things I do still struggle with and I'm you know okay to admit that like yeah. I'm not perfect exactly. um there are some movements where I'm just like I don't know how to describe this sorry guys <laughs> yeah um but generally I think it is definitely about being able to explain things yes totally mm. I know you have a fascination with pain and illness and you've also <laughs> created a four-week course can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit about that course who it's for how you help them and what the outcomes could be from from taking part on uh, of that yeah sure I have one underway right now actually Ah. and basically what it involves is we have four because it's four weeks we have four group sessions and four uh, individual sessions over that time and it's for people who have long-term pain that doesn't seem to go away no matter what they try or any kind of illness so for example we've got um, someone who has got cancer um, recurring bladder infections um, um, eczema what else have we got I'm trying to think of all the, um, uh, autoimmune conditions digestive issues chronic fatigue um, and we try to identify specifically what why that's so bothersome for people like what is it about their health and about their health kind of their pain or their illness that bothers them because that is like the meaning that we give stuff that often makes it worse Mm. so if for example you stub your toe and you're like oh shit I just stubbed my toe like you do you move on like it's no big deal you move on but if you stub your toe and you're like oh god I stubbed my toe and then your whole day is shit because you stubbed your toe yeah 
you know, that's a very kind of minor example, but um, it kind of demonstrates the point of like, it's the meaning that you give it. Exactly. That influences how, how you heal and your whole um, perception of your situation. So we deal with a lot of this, the perceptions of their situation. And I ask them a very difficult question, which is, no one likes this question, um, how is this problem helping you? And how, what have been the benefits since it first started? Until now, what have been the, the benefits of this situation? And it's a really tough question. Yeah. And I've had to answer that question myself many times. <laughs> um, but the way that w- the, the reason that we do that is because, first of all, if you perceive your problem as so bad and you're angry with yourself, you're angry with your problem, you're angry with the, your body, you're not helping yourself to recover. Yeah. So it's when you start showing a bit of appreciation and a bit of love to your body which you do through answering that question, then your body, like it works for you. It starts working for you rather than like against you. So instead of like having that being like a, a fight between you and your body, we then might kind of make friends in a way. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. okay, well let's make amends and then find some gratitude for the problem, which is so difficult to get your head around in the beginning, but I've done it myself. I've done it with many other people and it just changes everything. Um, And it also in that process uncovers any underlying stress that might be feeding into the problem. So, and then we go and work on that. And that is really the powerful stuff. So, so much of the time, not in every case at all, but in a lot of cases, any physical problem that we have or a physical problem that we have it can be linked with how we feel about the world or any situation. Um, So in the case of chronic fatigue, for example, a lot of the time people are not doing what is really inspiring for them. And they kind of feel like what they're doing is like a burden. They're not inspired. It's tiring. It's draining. Yeah. And so if we can go in there and say, okay, well, what would you rather do? What would inspire you? And use that, use the chronic fatigue symptoms, which are kind of feedback to be like, okay, well, how can we change your life so that you are living an inspired life? So you are doing something that energizes you because when you're energized, you're not tired and you don't have chronic fatigue anymore. I mean, I make it sound very simple. (laughs) Yeah, um, but it makes sense. Yeah. So then we kind of work on that. Um, For people who have, say, for example, back pain, we or neck, you know, a sort of musculoskeletal pain, I do look at their movement as well, and I will, um, if necessary, prescribe them certain movements. Either kind of move more, move less, move differently. So it's very that part is very personalized. Um, and that's what we do in the one-to-one sessions so I try to give people a little bit of you know whatever I perceive will help them the most if that is moving more then that's what we'll do but we'll also find we'll work with them to find out movements that are kind of meaningful for them so for example if bending down to pick up your child is painful then we'll find ways to do that that you can still pick up your child but it might not hurt okay 
yeah so it's about kind of like just twixing things a little bit yeah. and making little adjustments here and there yeah and I guess your body talks to you so it's all about listening and being in oh oh well what did you just say say it again <laughs> so um it's about listening to your body isn't it and absolutely your body talks to you so uh-huh. when you get those messages you need to to know how to respond to them I mean you you've nailed it babe <laughs> <laughs> it's true that is exactly it yeah, exactly. I've only came, you know, I've only come to realize this myself quite recently as well. And I kind of, I wish I had known before. And I okay. had this Why? What happened? I don't really know what happened. I think just my boyfriend as well, just the things that he says. So he thinks that I don't listen to him, but I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes he says things and it, it sticks and it makes sense. And then I try and apply it. And I'm like, hmm, this does work. Um, and mm-hmm. I'm keep going with it. So, um, yeah, that and I also have issues sometimes with my gut health. So mm-hmm. I kind of listen to my gut, how I feel. You know, I try to stay away th- from certain foods that are not good for me. And my body will tell me when when certain foods aren't, foods aren't great for me. And um, that message is quite loud and clear. So I, I also know what feels good. So mm. I listen consciously now to what my my body and my gut is, is telling me. Because I think the gut is, I heard that the gut is kind of linked to so much. Um, it's your second brain. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. It really is. Absolutely. Okay, that's so cool that you've realized. So what kind of foods do not agree with you? Um, so it's quite strange because it's foods that are supposedly good for you, like for example, chickpeas. So I can't eat them in their raw form. If I do wait, does that mean you can't have hummus? Yeah. And I hate that because I love it. I know. (laughs) It's a big shame because I I love Turkish food as well. And hummus is always served at the table. So um, sometimes, you know, I'm not going to lie. I might risk it. I know that, you know, if I do, what is going to happen? And I make Mm -hmm. sure that I'm not doing too much the next day. But I do try to... I do try to not I do try to avoid it if I can because um, I don't want to deal with it well I think that's very sensible exactly you're doing the the right thing by listening to your body yeah 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 good I think a lot of people can relate to that and hopefully if people you know the people who are listening to this can Mm. try to listen to their their bodies a little bit more and see Mm -hmm for them it was interesting you were talking about the um clients that have uh chronic fatigue and I guess people now during the lockdown may be able to kind of relate to that and I guess maybe more people are um kind of finding that they are suffering from different ailments or or illness or depression right now currently and I guess this time is the best time to to speak to people like you and to listen to podcasts. absolutely I mean depression is slightly different depression um now what I'm about to say might be a little unpopular okay. <laughs> just just to warn everyone um depression usually is perceived as like a chemical imbalance in the brain or Mm -hmm. 
something along those lines, something that seems intangibly uncontrollable. But actually, according to my teacher, Dr. John DiMartini, um, and I've seen it all like myself in my in my own situation and in other people, is that depression is when you're comparing your current life and your current reality to something that you wish it would be. Mm. And I think that is why a lot of people are so like they find lockdown depressing and difficult. It's because they're like, well, I wish life could be how it was before. Or I wish, do you know what I'm saying? So they, yeah. they're kind of wishing and fantasizing that it would be different, but, but it's not. And it can't be until whatever, until the government says, you know. Yeah. And we have no control over that. And so um, the more we're pissed off and, and frustrated with something that we can't control, then we're going to be depressed but when we we and we can change it we can absolutely change it so if we change how we perceive the situation which we can do by asking the same question of okay well what are the benefits of the situation what are the how is this helping me achieve what I want to achieve um and even if it's like well I want to see my friends and I can't see my friends well what in what can you achieve instead of seeing your friends mm-hmm. how how is it helping you that you can't uh what are you able to learn and do um and achieve because of this rather than considering it a hindrance or um wishing it was different and exactly. so it's yeah and it's literally just, uh, when you start asking that kind of question that things start to change um there is also as you can frame it in a different way and you can think okay well let's just what specifically are we comparing our current situation to? Is it life pre-lockdown? Um, is it like, yeah, we can all fly everywhere, we can go everywhere, we can eat out every night, whatever, we can do whatever we want. Like what 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 is the other side of that coin? So mm. what are the drawbacks and the negatives to what we wish we could have? And that helps just to regulate your perceptions a little bit more. So you're not wishing and yearning. Oh, my God, I wish life could be like that. And you're like, OK, well, actually, if it is like that, then I can't work as hard. Or I'm spending too much money or I'm wasting um, money on calories, for example. I'm probably yeah. going to get shot down for saying that um, <laughs> of like for eating out, you know, mm-hmm. or, um, you know, because I'm able to see my friends so much. I'm not achieving at work as much or I'm not able to, I'm not spending as much time learning about whatever. Um, I'm projecting my own personal priorities onto people. I love learning. So I'm like, yes, everyone is into learning. They're not. But like, (laughs) it's just whatever you're into, how is this an opportunity to do that? Yeah, definitely. Um, Or how is it an opportunity to do something similar or a little bit different or just explore a different area of life um and I think that helps generally like break like through depression yeah and I also think don't do things because you think you're supposed to do it or you see other people doing things like I started I love walking anyway Mm. so I started to kind of walk again and try to document it a little bit on Instagram Mm. one to I guess maybe inspire others to walk and two because 
Um, I think some of it makes quite interesting content. But then I see other people posting in their stories, mentioning things like, oh, have to go on another walk again. Oh, it's that time of day for me to walk now. And it's Mm. like, like, how are you really looking at this? Like, do you actually Mm. enjoy walking? Can you change your mindset? Because if Mm -hmm. you're going for a walk just because you think, that you should be walking. I don't think that that's the best. Yeah, you're going to be pissed off the whole time. Yeah. So (laughs) exactly. Rumbling along. Right. So (laughs) I think do it with purpose because I walk with purpose and I like to maybe explore. There's so many nooks and crannies in London as well. There's so Mm -hmm. many places to explore. And I love walking somewhere in London that I haven't been before. So Mm -hmm make a purpose in your walk and try to do something that you enjoy rather than just seeing walking as this is something I have to do as a part of my lockdown. Absolutely. And also if you link it to stuff that you already love to do. So for example, um, um, okay, I'm going to go for example. <laughs> I can only think of my own examples, but like Thanks. for me, I love um, listening to, audiobooks I love expanding my knowledge yes so I do both at the same time right so I'm walking and I'm listening to something that is feeding my brain Mm -hmm. and so for me it has it has a dual purpose I'm outside I'm walking I'm getting fresh air I'm moving my body and I'm kind of pumping my blood through my veins I'm strengthening my muscles a little bit um but I'm also developing my knowledge and my brain and my understanding of personal development or whatever it is that I'm listening to, you know? So um, if you link it to what is important to you, so for someone who doesn't like walking and you think you should be walking, what do you love to do? What is important to you? And how can you find ways to link the two so that your walking now becomes a pleasure rather than a chore? Yeah exactly or any type of exercise yeah just like we spoke about earlier absolutely (laughs) Absolutely. you mentioned the demartini method briefly earlier but for people that don't know and I know you've spoken about this before but for our (laughs) listeners that might not know um Mm -hmm. could you tell us a bit more about this method and the training that you did yep absolutely okay so it's the work of um kind of a genius man called Dr. John Demartini who originally was a chiropractor and he's now like a human behaviorist Mm. he studies human behavior he studies the laws of the universe he studies the cosmos he studies everything religion um mathematics physics and he's basically kind of divide or he's not so I guess he has devised it but he's devised it based on everything he has studied so it's not just like making up some bullshit like he's basing it on kind of fact yeah in a way and evidence got to get your head around anyway the whole purpose of the Demartini method is to empower people to be their authentic self a lot of it is sort of about the mind-body connection but not only, and a lot of it is about dissolving anger and resentments. So, Mm -hmm. so many people have resentments towards a family member, like a parent, a sibling, a child. Um, And it's about dissolving that resentment and also empowering you through, for example, if we um, 
put someone above us and we admire them, we think, oh my God, I could never be like that person. <laughs> it's about seeing how actually you are like that person already, not like that you're trying to kill yourself to become that person, but in your own way, you already have what you admire in that person, mm-hmm. which is a profoundly empowering experience. I've done it myself when I was comparing myself to other people in the world. Yeah. And then having realized um, that they're not as infallible or as amazing as I may have perceived, that they are human, that they may not have achieved as much as I thought that they had achieved, um, that they are literally just as human as everybody else. And when you do that, wow, it, like just things just shift and change. Um, anyway, so that's kind of the Demontini method, but there's so much more to it than that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's like he covers pretty much all seven areas of life, which are like physical health, uh, mental well-being, intellect, learning, um, family dynamics, which are fascinating um there's money so he does a lot of stuff about money and money management and wealth mindset and that kind of stuff Mm. work and career um there is an element of spirituality but now spirituality might be perceived differently by different people so it's kind of open to interpretation but there is that element in his method as well and there's the last one which I always forget oh social there we go so it's about like friendship interactions or social status and so his he covers all areas of life and the whole point of it is that he wants us all to empower ourselves and live the most inspired life that we can I mean sounds like everyone every kind of coach in the world says yeah yeah but Um, he sounds fantastic yeah uh, but the method is it's hard work and because Mm. it's hard work it's effective it's not just like pretending that you're doing the work and then you know nice things happen it's not about that a lot of it is about finding gratitude for the good stuff and the bad stuff Mm. and that is again like profoundly effective yeah so when you can and we all have it like we I'm I'm sure you can also think of a situation that you've been through where at the time you were like oh my god this is awful I wish this would just end or whatever and then you come out of it and then sometime later you're like wow actually I've realized that that situation was helping me in whatever way right yeah Yeah. totally um yeah like recently so just before Christmas my got stolen um it was just as we were coming out of lockdown I was catching up with a friend um in Mm. central London and I literally I put it on the floor on the I mean I was tired I wouldn't usually put my bag on the floor anyway because Mm. I'm kind of aware that you know there are thieves and people do kind of target people who kind of are not being um cautious exactly that's the word um so yeah within a few minutes it was gone I think if this happened a couple of years ago I would have like cried I would have been distraught I was angry I of course I'm angry I was more angry at the fact that I for myself I was angry at myself because I didn't get insurance I hadn't backed up things so I had podcast recordings on there I had to re-record yeah it's a nightmare but Mm -hmm. I don't know why this time 
this me, this new me, mm-hmm. didn't didn't react in the way that I thought I would have before. That mm. the old Michelle would have reacted like, you know. So mm-hmm. it was really interesting, and I noticed the difference for the first mm-hmm. time in in my mindset and how I reacted to the situation. And yeah, I had to buy a new MacBook, but out of that kindness came so my mother you know contributed money my some of my clients did some of my other family members who I never expected would kind of like reach out to me would and like within that I realized that I'm so grateful for Mm. the people that I have around me and that's Ah. from that situation yeah you see that's the thinking (laughs) (laughs) exactly So yeah, Yeah. it's really interesting when you kind of flip it and look at it like that. Absolutely. And then you get to the point where you're like, okay, whoever stole my laptop, thanks. Yeah. I appreciated that. Oh, 100% because now I have a nice new shiny one in front of me and I'm happy. (laughs) Exactly. Couldn't be better. (laughs) So this... So move, like talking about mindset still, I mm. love reading your blog because it's so relevant and positive. And I particularly liked your most recent post about Christmas and New Year and birthdays, etc. <laughs> being constructs that the human have created. And yes, it is an unpopular opinion. You're right. Because sometimes when I say to like some of my friends that I'm not bothered about my birthday, they look at me like, are you absolutely crazy? Like, what do you mean you're not bothered? This is your birthday. Why haven't you planned anything? And it's like, well, because I don't want to. (laughs) Like, it's only a recent thing that I started to feel this way. But I guess it came out of the expectations that I built around my birthday before. And then Mm -hmm. if it didn't, if it didn't kind of like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? If it didn't meet those expectations, then I'd be really upset and I'd have a really crap day. And, you know, if friends didn't turn up, I would feel really upset. So I started to change my mindset and learned not to expect anything from people just because it is my birthday. So, um, and that really helped. And now I kind of just celebrate it however I like I'm into spontaneous things so Mm. if we do celebrate it's a spontaneous thing it's not nothing spontaneous you know rocket to the moon and I think those are the best I think those are the best experiences yeah exactly because you go in there with with no expectations yeah yeah Yeah. and what you just said yeah what you just said about expectations is also linked with depression what we were talking about earlier Mm. um and a lot of our suffering as human beings is when we're comparing our reality with our expectations so it's like when you go and watch a movie and you you've heard so much hype about this movie like oh my god it's gonna be amazing and it doesn't meet your expectations because of your expectations but when you go watch a movie that you know nothing about yes often you're surprised by wow that was actually really good um and so what you just said about the expectations you totally again you nailed it babe you're like <laughs> it is like so much of our suffering is about our expectations and when we do expect you know a high standard of something or you know then we and we and we don't get it that's when we get depressed mm-hmm. so it's how okay well how how can we learn from this how can we um manage our expectations so that we don't get pissed off when they don't get met and yeah. that's exactly what you've done with your birthday. So well yeah. done. 
little round of applause for you there thank you very much (laughs) that's so patronizing oh god I'm so sorry no no I I know it's genuine I can tell (laughs) yeah no but seriously like that is such a key thing to do is to manage your expectations and it's very difficult to do it as well like it is you know wow because you think well why can't I have high expectations I deserve this yeah and that is also one of the things that is just so unhelpful thinking that you deserve something and then you mm. don't get what you deserve mm. <sighs> yeah you are going to be pissed off with so much of life if you if you um have that kind of expectation like yeah i deserve this no <laughs> true so what the world doesn't give a shit mm-hmm. the universe doesn't give a shit how much you think you deserve this doesn't mm-hmm. matter mm mm-hmm. mhm but when you're grateful for what you have <clears throat> and when you're grateful for like that one person remembering your birthday or whatever mm. it is, that opens you up to receiving more. So when you're grateful for the teeny tiny, like, you know, the, the one person who might come to my class or the two people who come to my class, instead of being like, oh, why is no one else coming? Like, if I have two people, I'm like, guys, I fucking love you for being here. Like, <laughs> I just swore. like thank you so much like I appreciate those two people who are there who want to learn who want to do the practice rather than having like 20 you might not give a shit exactly I see the same with clients as well you know Mm -hmm. I have a pet sitting business and um it's the loyal clients that really you know take the time to actually write feedback reviews and I'm just like wow I am so grateful for you guys like sometimes I'm thinking like I don't even want this to be a business I wish that I just had lots of money so I could do this for free because like (laughs) you're so nice you deserve everything for for your kindness it's like food for the soul it really is it's so oh it's just absolutely I love those experiences yeah absolutely and the more grateful you are for even the the teeny tiny things in life the more you'll have to be grateful for absolutely Mm. absolutely you wrote something about changing the language we use so right now such as lockdown for example we're hearing this word like Every day. I think I hear lockdown every single day, about 10 times a day. So you decided to call it hibernation instead. And I really... It wasn't my idea. I can't take the credit for that one. Okay, okay. But you read (laughs) something maybe that you... Yes. Yeah. So can you tell us a bit more about that? I don't know who it was. Well, it literally was one of my friend's Facebook posts. And she Mm. had said that she had read from somebody else. I don't know who it was. <laughs> like, why don't we call it hibernation instead of lockdown? Mm, I like that. And I, I saw that and I was like, genius. Whoever came up with that nailed it. Because it's cold, this is, you know, the time of year when we don't really want to go out anyway. Yeah. We kind of just, it's dark early, it's cold. We just want to be cozy and indoors. Like, let's just mm-hmm. honor that. And see how um, lock lockdown is honoring our hibernation. And so if we, it's just, you know, seeing it differently, kind of what I was going back to, what I was saying um, earlier, um, see it as an opportunity to rest. Yeah. If things have been frantic uh, pre-Christmas, take this as an opportunity to like, okay, well, I don't have to go out and see my mate, my friends. I can take this opportunity to go to bed early. I can mm. um, have, you know, a cup of tea by the fire <laughs> or like whatever it is. Just like be restful um, and 
make it what you want it. You know, you can turn it into like constructive rest um, or a time of like a little bit of transformation mm. so that you emerge at the end of hibernation, <laughs> a little renewed, a little bit refreshed. You've had 17 hours of sleep per day, yes. <laughs> for, you know, for three months. And by springtime, hello. Yeah. New me. ready. <laughs> yeah. I just envision like this little squirrel just coming out of yep. the tree and like stretching and just, yeah, being its best self with its exactly. tail in tow. Exactly. And they're like, <laughs> okay, we had, we've been asleep for six months or whatever it is, three, I don't know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And we're ready to go. Yeah. Ready to start rummaging around for food. Brilliant. Climbing trees and procreating. Exactly. Or whatever. exactly. So we spoke about it earlier a little bit about movement. So mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, gave you a little insight into what I do. So I'm I'm a nanny, actually. I don't know if I mentioned. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, I'm doing Zoom classes. With oh, five, yes. Yeah, sitting on Zoom for five hours. And it's mm. awful. Like, my back hurts at the end of it. His back yeah. hurts. He's only little as well. I think it's ridiculous that he has to be on Zoom for that amount of time anyway as a five-year-old. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So we mm-hmm. go on a walk once a day and I make sure it's at least for an hour. But do you have any suggestions about what we can do in between? So I can notice him really fidgeting sometimes and he's yearning to move. And mm-hmm. sometimes we have maybe a little five, ten-minute break in between. Is there anything that you can kind of suggest that we could do to like get some movement in and then get back to the dreaded Zoom classes? 100%. Okay, but before I, I need to just know some other stuff before. Okay, I <laughs> okay so it's not like five hours from start to finish, is it? You just say we have like five or 10 so minutes here and there. Right? Yeah, so there's like, five 10 minute break sometimes 10 15 minutes we have an hour for lunch but because he eats quite slowly bless him it's it does take up most of the okay. hour right so, yeah. okay I would say every well first of all can he um put the computer into different places so for example have it on the floor have it on the desk so he's standing a little bit from time mm-hmm. to time not all the time because it'll be too tiring yeah um but just to have it on different heights so okay. that he is changing his body position so that you are also changing your body position throughout the, the individual lessons. Yeah. Um, and just kind of, you know, have you quite subtle potentially, but maybe yeah. the teacher won't mind. Um, and you just kind of move it around a bit. Okay. Like let's stand up now. Let's put it on the table and then you stand up or whatever. Okay. Let's now put it on the floor. Let's put it on a chair so that it's at different heights. So maybe you're sitting on the floor for some time. Um, maybe you're lying on the floor or standing up. So that's in within a lesson, right? So you're not just like sitting in yeah. one position during a lesson. And then between, if you have five, 10 minutes, just put some music on and just go crazy. Yeah whatever movements he wants to do like jumping jacks just like flailing his arms around like whatever <laughs> running on the spot running up and down the stairs yeah. um what it doesn't really matter so much what it is it could be doing tw- 20 press-ups I mean 
unlikely to be into that if he's young. No, but, he's not. <laughs> yeah. right. Whatever, like, or dancing, just like yeah. whatever he loves to do, just let him shake it yeah. off. Like even like if he's just like shaking his hands, shaking his feet out, shaking his shoulders, shaking his head from side to side. Nice. It doesn't have to be like a whole workout. Just what I, I call this, well, I don't call this, I'm again, copying somebody else's expression, movement mm. snacks. So mm. little bits of movement to pepper the day and to pepper the breaks and so um and for a child not I know nothing about children but I know that they like to have fun so yeah so any kind of like playful movement game that you can play with him not my area of expertise but I know that they like playing and they like games so (laughs) if you're able to think of a game that involves movement um he'll love you yeah his parents will love you yeah right he'll 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 have his movement needs met a little bit in that moment so true yeah and maybe like who like um do you have to make his food for him yes okay what does he do while you're making the food um so he has this kind of a little obsession with a a tape measure so he loves (laughs) he loves to just wander around and kind of like play with the tape measure yeah okay fair enough okay (laughs) unique um okay so you could I don't know can you do like a thing where he kind of is moving and measuring I don't know or just yeah like um I don't know how you would do that we've reached the limit of my expertise (laughs) but like but basically my point is like just to get him moving while you're preparing like put some music on and see how can measure because if he has like a time limit like if you're like okay oh he loves that minutes yeah go and you know see how many things you can measure in 10 minutes and measure things that are on the floor on a table a little bit higher up obviously nothing that he's going to fall from um so that he has to kind of reach up for stuff bend down for stuff maybe twist a little bit so he's moving his body in lots of different ways but he's still getting his measuring fix Amy, I feel like you're onto something here. You really need to offer this as another like <laughs> course or niche because I'm really? like, oh my, yes, it's so good. Yeah. Like movement okay. with kids. Oh my gosh, yes. Okay. No, I'm no, definitely going to write this down. <laughs> no, it, it it sounds like it is. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just listening to like what you said is important to him. So yeah. like whatever and it's all down to like the individual so if you're working with a child who for example I don't know loved mm, shit I don't know what I have no idea about children what did children <laughs> love? uh cars I don't know fine okay so they love cars so then like you um I don't know you make a game where they have to like count cars or that they if they have little toy cars that mm. they have to sort of move them around you have to kind of like have races at the, with the cars yeah. I don't know but you just find ways to incorporate the stuff that they're into like within with a bit of movement yeah I like it thank you so much for that pleasure I mean let me know how you get <laughs> I will you might be like uh no I just want to sit here and measure yeah no so no, I don't yeah. know you I love to that. really know the kids no I'm going to apply I'm going to apply everything you said and I'll, I'll okay, let you know how enough. it goes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, I've done that with one, you know, my clients, like I had one client who was like super into cricket. Ah. And so the movements that I would do with him were very much related to cricket. Like there's no point in me trying to just do some boring yoga with him. Yeah. 
thinking, oh, I just wish I could, you know, I was playing cricket. So I was like, okay, well, we had a ball. I was like, all right. So and I was making sure that I was changing um, his body position, that he would have to change his body position in order to reach for the ball. So I made it awkward for him. I made it challenging for him so that he was still moving his body and still um, developing his mobility, but in a way that was interesting for him. Yeah, I like it. That's really yeah. cool. So moving on to my favourite part of the show now, which is cats. Yes, and specifically cats. Can you tell mm. us a bit more about your life and journey with cats so far? Okay. Well, my first ever cat was Tigger when I was about four, and mm. he was a tabby, and I loved him. He used to sleep on my bed. My mum used to come into my room and say, no, Tigger, out the room. Not allowed to sleep <laughs> on the bed. And I was like, and then like she would go downstairs, and I'd be like, Tigger, and I'd call him back in. <laughs> Anyway, that was Tigger. Then we kind of moved house and I don't think he could come with us because we were going to move into a flat. Okay. That was a bit sad, but he um, moved into with a friend of my mom's and okay. has lived happily ever after. He's probably dead now. Um, and I now have Mr. Man and Tilly. Yes. So Mr. Man is Siberian, blue Siberian, which means grey in English. Uh, yes. Um, very fluffy, very talkative. And when <laughs> I say talkative, he shouts at me often no oh yeah like I can be in my I'm in my study at the moment he went downstairs and shouting at me <laughs> I'm like what do you want <laughs> and then well you know sometimes he'll come upstairs and be like oh you're up here and I'm like yes I'm up here um and then there's him who's very talkative yeah and then there's Tilly who is curled up next to me right now or oh, she's fast asleep Aww. and she's a fat tabby um, she's had two babe, two sets of babies, mm. which was very cute. The first set was Mr. Man's and the second ah. set wasn't. And let me tell you, he was not the father of the second litter, but he was such a cute little stepdad. Oh, cute. Yeah. Oh, my God. And also with the first litter, which were his, he would like, Tilly would like, you know, go off and go for a wee or whatever. Yeah. And he would be the kids. Oh, my God. Yeah, with them, like, clean them and you know make sure that they were looked after it was so cute so um, cute <laughs> yeah and then the same with the second batch he was like a little bit less attentive yeah when they were super young because he was like these are not mine but then, then when they were a little bit older <laughs> he was still into them yeah and he was like and he like he taught them how to um hunt oh cute yeah I had mice in my house at the time yeah and he how to hunt which was <laughs> fascinating <laughs> um yeah and um what else am I saying about that yeah he was just like an amazing dad and ste- and stepdad so cute I've never yeah. seen this before so that must oh really yeah I've never I've never like looked after cats where there's kind of like oh, right, when cat parents yeah, yeah and yeah I would love I would love to see something like that that's so cute I mean I see photos on Instagram of like little cat families but I've never seen any in real life so oh um, I see yeah yeah and do they still get on <laughs> now do they um, oh my god they fight all the do time. they <gasps> like tragically oh no <laughs> i'm like guys stop it and they're like, <laughs> like chasing oh, each other no. around the house and i'm like oh my god guys what is the problem yeah but i don't know and tilly also bullies mr man so i have mm. um when i feed them i have to feed mr man first because 
Tilly, when she is, even when she hasn't actually finished her food, she will nudge Mr. Man off his bowl. Oh, naughty. And start eating his food. And he's just like, okay. Yeah. And he just wanders off. I'm like, what are you doing? No. Fight your corner. Yeah. Stand up for yourself. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, okay, well, well, Tilly's, Tilly just like has taken my food now. So I'm just going to leave. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so I have to really police the whole bloody feeding. Yeah. Yeah. I've had to do that. Um, yeah. Make sure he gets fed first. He's now twigged and has started eating a bit more quickly. Okay, good. And so now he finishes his food until he's still going. Yeah. That's which good. is quite good. Yeah. yeah. And then he'll come she's back half naughty. an hour later. I'm still hungry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you? I don't oh, know yeah. if that's the truth. Are you lying to me? Oh. I think so I'm having either. them around, do you think it's helped aid your own well-being? And if so, how? Ooh, I would say it has probably been equally stressful and <laughs> marvellous. Yeah. Probably the same thing that a parent of a human being would say. Mm-hmm. So challenging at times, but relatively chilled. But the challenges and the um, rewards are kind of relative to each other, right? So yeah. um, stressful sometimes when they're fighting or when they're shouting at me, um, <laughs> when they're like, I'm hungry. Um, or when they come for cuddles when I, it's not the right time for cuddles. Yeah. Um, but then also like they're so entertaining. Yeah, they are. And I think that has really like they, they kind of bring life to the house, you know? Yeah. It just brings a kind of like a warmth and some kind of atmosphere mm. to the house where you're like, okay, well, I'm not alone, even though I'm alone in the house sometimes, I'm not really alone. So I have company, which is nice. Um, and they're just like, they do hilarious things. And sometimes they're just like, if they're just curled up and I look at them, I'm like, oh, yeah, so that's worth it. That's worth the shouts. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, when they tell me where the rats are, I've had rats under my floorboards and they're like, yeah. it's over there. Ah, clever. I'm like, okay, cool. Thank you. <laughs> mm. and then, lo and behold it's over there yeah Clever uh, yeah super helpful uh how else have they kind of helped me and my well-being um yeah like kind of nice cuddles I've enjoyed the cuddles mm. um, yeah and like the entertainment really kind of just like laughing at their stupidity yeah Cats are funny. They're so weird and funny in their yeah. own little ways. Yeah. They all have little individual personalities. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, cute. so I see them often in some of your videos as well. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, they 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 aren't very camera shy. It's like they they were born <laughs> to be stars in front of the camera. <laughs> How do people respond to kind of seeing them in your videos? Well, I think as far as I know they enjoy it (laughs) but then there are the people who probably hate it but they just don't say that they hate it yeah um so I mean there's one video where I was like talking to the camera and Mr. Manage like jumps sort of into my face whilst (laughs) I'm talking to the camera I'm like thank you so I had to kind of stop and then start again I mean that's just it's just funny you know it's just a silly funny distraction um and I mean in my classes 
uh, there was one class in the first lockdown where my cat had such a huge fight. Oh no. <laughs> and I was like, guy, like, can I intervene? Can I do, or do I stop the class and intervene with the fight? Yeah, yeah. Um, oh my God. And then like, because it was so loud, everyone at home heard the fight. Oh, and they were like what is going on over yeah. there <laughs> I was just like, I'm so sorry guys my cats are having a fight <laughs> um but they just laughed and then sometimes like when I'm teaching Tilly will come and sit on my lap if I'm sitting still and it's just cute you know yeah like, oh, your animal and, yeah lastly if our listeners want to find out a little bit more about you and your accounts online where can they find you Okay, I am flowmotionyoga.co.uk. That's my website. I'll say that again, flowmotionyoga.co.uk. And it's all spelt correctly, as in with the W. Okay. And my Instagram is flowmotionyoga or at flowmotionyoga. But I am going to change it soon. So, oh, I haven't actually made that announcement. Oh, so I am going to be changing it to Amy Slevin very soon um okay well that'll be interesting are they going to look for flow motion yoga or amy slevin oh i don't know um both i would recommend looking for both both (laughs) i'll make sure i put that in the show notes exactly (laughs) yeah um i just haven't had the guts to do it yet but i'm gonna um good good for you yeah and on facebook i'm flow motion classes okay like facebook.com slash flow motion classes um but yeah the the website and instagram are kind of the main ones excellent well Mm. thank you so much for talking to me today it's been a joy it's been really really nice actually and i've really enjoyed i've taken a lot from what you said good I like how surprised you sound (laughs) yeah no no I'm I'm yeah I mean I knew it was going to be good anyway but um yeah I'm I'm even more happier um than I never had that that expectation by the way I try to remain tropical (laughs) yes um but I knew I had a feeling that it would be it would be really good so thank you well, that's why you invited me. Presumably. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well, I hope you have a lovely rest of the day. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. You're welcome. Goodbye. Bye.